0: You're listening to Humanize Me with Bart
1: Campolo. Hey, everybody, welcome to Humanize Me. I am Bart Campolo, the humanist chaplain at the University of Southern California, and this is my podcast. And if you're new, it's actually pretty simple. I talk with artists and community builders and scientists and all kinds of really neat people. And we try to figure out how to use the stuff that those people are learning in their lives to help the rest of us build more loving relationships and make things better for other people in the world and cultivate a sense of wonder and a sense of gratitude for the privilege, the unique privilege of being alive and conscious in the first place. Um, and so, it, it, you know, and sometimes, to be honest with you, sometimes I don't have a guest. I just talk. But not this week. This week, I'm really excited, as you can probably tell from the tone of my voice. Because the conversation you're about to hear is me and Hank Green. Who, if you're an internet user, or I don't know what they call it, like internet person, internet Participant, you may know Hank Green because he's a huge internet personality. He and his brother John run a YouTube channel called The Vlog Brothers, which has millions of followers and, and they put out amazing content. And they 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 have another one called Crash Course, which is much more educational. Um the one is entertain entertainment, the other is education. John runs an, another one called Um The Sci Show. Which is about science. I mean, actually, if you go to his Wikipedia page, which I did, you will see that there he has, he has produced more stuff in the last 12 minutes than I've produced in my entire life. And actually in the conversation, we'll get into that and we'll talk about why, why he is so productive and why I'm not. And in a sense, why, why, what he's doing is a really good thing and why sometimes it's a good thing not to be so productive like me. Um, And so it's, it's a, it's a really cool conversation. It's a long conversation. I'm warning you. And you may want to skip to the second half if you don't have that much time, because in the second half we get into this really cool conversation, cool part of the conversation about how the negativity on the internet affects us and how we can sort of filter that out and how we can become part of the solution to the negativity of the of the conversation that's going on in our country right now it's sort of the toxic polarizing stuff and and it's, it's really practical stuff I, I just like as we were coming up with the ideas that we we're coming up with I was thinking wow this I don't know about anybody else but this conversation is really good for me I'm going to use this stuff so anyway that's if you want to know more about Hank you can find him all over the internet but you can also find stuff at bartcampola.org which is my website, which is also where you can find information about the the, the book that I wrote with my dad, um, why I left, why I stayed, and the movie that's coming out that John Wright made about my dad and I sort of working out our relationship, uh, Christian and humanist and, and, and also, you know, for a lot of people, you might want to check out the website because I, I, increasingly people are sort of like, I'm struggling in this relationship or I'm struggling as I'm coming out of faith, as I'm making a religious transition. And I coach and counsel a lot of those people via Skype. And if you want to know how to get in on that, you can find that also at BartCampola.org. But enough, enough of me telling you about cool stuff. Um, oh, I, but I will tell you that John's movie. This is kind of cool. John screened his movie at Pete Rollins Festival in Belfast this past week. And so there were like 200 people there, a real mixed bag crowd, a bunch of Christian people, a bunch of secular people. Um, and evidently, they loved this film. Like there was applause at the end and people laughed at all the right places and people stuck around for an hour afterwards talking about it. So all of a sudden, I, you know, I am really excited about this. film. I haven't seen it yet with the music mixed in and the cool coloration and all the things that they do to finish off a film. I just saw a rough cut. But I think it's I I'm I'm kind of excited. And they're gonna be screenings all over the place. And so again, barcampolo.org or you can go to campolofilm.com, which is the other place you can find out about that. Damn it. I can't believe I just sound like a running advertisement for myself. And I don't mean to. It's time to get on to this conversation. I think you're gonna dig it. Me and Hank Green here we go. I'll catch you on the other side if you st- if you stick around till the end, or if you fast forward to the end, I'll be back with a cool reading from Robert Ingersoll because, like, that's what I do. All right, here's me and Hank. Let's go. Okay, I'm going. Are you are you in a, like are you in a good headspace to talk to me today? Like, if there's one thing I'm really aware of, it's that you have so many things going on.
0: I do, but I like I want to force myself to get into a good headspace to talk to you um <laughs> yeah or, or or else or else what yeah. yeah or else i will just continue doing the same thing that i would be doing which is probably not actually productive it's probably get on twitter and be upset about things um it's amazing when you have a lot of stuff to do that you can still uh fall back on those those sort of uh you know behavioral tics that we all have and i've been doing that a lot in the last 2 days and i want to get out of it well you know i mean
1: it's funny because at the you know i just came off this wedding and mm-hmm. so for a week you know i just shut everything out mm-hmm. and i'm not a social media person anyway you may have noticed um <laughs> that I, I you know i mean one of the reasons it's fascinating for me to talk with you is because you're so entrepreneurial and you do all these things that have millions of people involved in them. And I have no facility for that. I, 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 I haven't figured out how to even do, <laughs> I, you know, like I, I can't keep up with any of it. But one of the things I have noticed is, is that even at this wedding, I watched some of the younger people and they couldn't stop themselves from stepping out of the moment that they were in to check on what everybody else was doing mm-hmm. elsewhere. And I'm starting to realize in a deeper way, the difficulty that sometimes people that are really into the social media stuff have with being present in any given moment.
0: And it sounds like- Yeah, I, I just returned from a trip to Amsterdam uh, where I had a, a convention that I was running that was very like amazing and exciting and I met a bunch of people I've never met before who are doing really cool things and I got to meet a bunch of fans and then I had seven days afterward to just spend time with me and my wife and my six-month-old son going around this really unique interesting place learning about stuff interfacing with people who aren't like me and talking to people and Amsterdam is great because it's not just Dutch people it's German people and French people and people from Africa and like it's it's all over yeah and uh and so like just like having and also just like wanting to make the most of every moment while we were there because it was a really short thing so getting up really early even if the baby didn't sleep good and going out and doing all of the things that we had planned to do and seeing amazing stuff that we would like you know are very lucky to be able to see and then i kind of get back to montana which i love i love it here and i love my life here and there's a little bit of like all that that you know that like charging through life that i'd been doing for the past 10 days was like okay we can take a breath and relax but at the same time like then then it's like well what is the reason to do stuff and so i'm only doing the stuff that's on my schedule and during the time when i'm not doing this like during the times when i'm not scheduled like i'm probably not spending as much time like trying to live up like good like to do good things in the moment And I'm just sort of like, well, I can just relax, and so I'm going to watch this like vacuous TV show, and I'm going to look at this uh, argument that people are having on Twitter, and be frustrated with my colleagues, and worry about work, and not actually do anything about the worry. Um, And it's 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 this thing that I've noticed with my life in general, where I have like when I have big fun experiences, I almost always have a little crash afterward, where I am more likely to be, you know, a little bit under. Spirits, whatever. Like, I don't want to say depressed because, like, it's not depression, but it is, you know, less. um And it's just like it's al- al- almost sort of like it's I had the cra- this like wonderful. Yeah, I had this wonderful like joy of humanity, like seeing all of the things that that people have done, and then, um, I mean, yeah, I don't know, I don't know.
1: Have you ever seen that Louis C.K. piece where Louis C.K. is talking to Conan O'Brien about cell phones and why he doesn't let his daughter have one? And he tells this story of being on the highway and something happens, like a song comes on the radio and he gets really sad he ends up pulling over to the side of the highway and just crying and just, he's so upset. And, um, and he says, you know, the temptation was to pull out his phone to connect with somebody to, to to avoid that emotion Mm -hmm. by distracting Mm -hmm. himself. And he says, you know, but what's interesting is he says is, is that, that ex- that pain that that sadness in a sense kind of left room and then a good feeling can rush in after it mm-hmm. um and you go like i'm alive and be grateful for things well i think it works in reverse too that sometimes you have this really wonderful experience but when it's over it does like like it leaves room for sadness to kind of rush in and fill that space and mm-hmm. i'm not sure that you know, when we came home from this wedding, we sat down on the couch and we were so happy with all that had gone on. And my wife then burst into tears and just was just she cried for about an hour because it was over. And then she fell asleep. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and and I don't know that that's a bad thing. I don't know mm-hmm. that that I I, I and in some ways I think that's one of the dangers of that all the distraction stuff is that you know after the trip from Amsterdam, it might have been good if you'd have just had a little while to just be sad without having it get focused on all these. it, right. it might it might have been a a briefer but also a, maybe a more powerful and and more cleansing experience to just be sad rather than to like be sad in the context of all these distractions and and all that other stuff
0: yeah there's definitely a really, sense of like i I knew it was coming and so I was trying to fill things up and be like, okay, let's let's move and keep going um but there is also, yeah, like i I definitely there are moments when I see the sadness coming or I see, like I like there's a negative thought in my subconscious is like aware of it without my consciousness even really quite knowing it's there yeah, and I'm like, quick, do something quick before it comes at you, which is not healthy, I don't think and, and no, I also I, that, felt like an immediate, like, just I felt like I could do anything the day I got back. And then, like, two days after that, I felt like I could do kind you of you couldn't nothing. do anything. And, yeah,
1: you could do nothing.
0: And there was so much stuff that I had to do. And I and I have gotten myself in a situation where I'm not capable of doing the like, how could I ever be good enough? to warrant the success that I've had and also to keep people employed because I've got like a bunch of employees to keep them the food on their tables as well as mine and you know am I you know getting behind on you know because media on the internet moves so fast am I losing traction are all these other companies getting much bigger than my company and am I just sort of you know this little afterthought that's an interesting thing, but is probably just going to exist for a few years and then go away. When, like, that would be, you know, a really unpleasant experience for that to go away. It, not because it, like, losing it would be bad. There's a part of me that's like, I'd be fine, you know, just having a normal job. But all the people who work on this stuff, all the people who love this stuff, uh, I just, yeah, I really want to make sure that it keeps going and, I no, feel I mean, sometimes that if I'm not thinking about it all the time, then, then I'm letting everyone down.
1: You know, and that's, I mean, part of that's the game that you're in, you know, the, 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 the social media and the, and like, because there is this fear. If you step away from it second, it's moving so fast that it'll sort of race ahead without you. Um, my son, um, for, for a time, was partnered with one of the biggest vine stars. Um, mm-hmm. a friend of ours who, you know, when Vine was a platform and, and young people were yeah. making these six second videos. I'm aware, I'm aware of Vine. Oh, I guess uh, you're
0: explaining maybe to the audience as well. Yeah, screw you. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. So screw you. Um, all right. Because I'm the only one who's like, I didn't know what it was. Like I had to have it explained <laughs> to me.
1: And it's on your cell phone. You don't even get it on your computer. Um, but th- his, this guy, every second of every day, was checking to see how each video was doing and how, and it was, it, it was insane. It was, it was Mm -hmm. insane making. And I thought once you catch that tiger by the tail, I don't know how you ever let go of it.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people, I've seen people let go of it, um, intentionally and being forced to, because the tiger was too, was headed somewhere else. Um, but I guess, I guess the question is basically, i basically just finished writing a novel about this um about a person who is successful and can't and and like then will do basically anything to keep a hold of it because once it once it starts slipping away then you're like well what am i what is my value
1: and 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 how's your autobiography doing
0: yeah yeah i feel like it, it worked a lot better as a novel because it would have been so like uh self-congratulatory and also um i feel like uh you know like first world problem whiny yeah, yeah. if i had written that as a yeah as a as like here's my story it's so hard to be an internet celebrity
1: <laughs> you know it's so funny for me because I have spent most of my life surrounded by failures um, and people that are not doing well. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, but like before I moved to California, I spent the last twenty some years working in inner city ghettos with people that were just mm-hmm. on the edge. And and so, what's funny is, is that I I can't imagine being and and, and I myself sort of squandered an ivy league education and a tremendous um (laughs) sort of back you know family background and 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 a famous father and also i squandered all of those resources multiple times over and like managed to like you know you know pull defeat out of the jaws of victory over and over again
0: (laughs) um i don't know that there's anyone who knows you? Who would agree with that statement? And I will say that f- that fame and success is such a weird thing because to to me, you are far more famous than your father because uh, I have no idea who that guy is.
1: Yes, well, it, it, I guess I guess you you just didn't spend enough time in the center of the evangelical community. Um, <laughs> but but the weird thing about it is is that financially, I you know I have not fig- all the good work that I do in the world. I haven't figured out how to monetize any of it. And so mm-hmm. right now, like I'm on the edge of moving back to Cincinnati because I can afford to live there and getting a job as a barista. Um, because with all the, the, the notoriety I've gathered as the humanist chaplain at USC and writing books and doing like, I still haven't figured out how to get anybody to support the work or to mm-hmm. pay for the work. And so when I look at you, And see you actually, I think, putting really important messages into the universe. I mean, not just about funny, not just funny videos, but like the science stuff, which at this moment in our history, I can't think of anything really more important than trying to convince people (laughs) that science is maybe a better way of understanding the world than Fox News. Um, But, but like, so I feel really but you figured out a way to pump all these good messages out there and turn it into like succeed at doing that i i, I mean i am incredibly successful at not making money while doing good things um, and have been <laughs> I th- have, I have, have been for 30 yeah. years um, and i and, and, have I,
0: several several friends who are in your boat who just make remarkable amazing things that i just i when i consume their content or their message or whatever it is, I'm like, this is genius. This is so much better than anything I've ever done in terms of like its artistic value, in terms of its humor. Uh, and, and it's an email it's to just, you
1: that they sent to one person r- and they'll never well, <laughs> send it to anyone else.
0: <laughs> or it's a, it's a blog that like only 60 people follow, <laughs> or it's a YouTube channel that has an audience of 5,000, or it's a podcast that has like 500 really dedicated fans. And... <clears throat> I don't, like, I, I think that that is the vagary of the universe. I think that that has nothing to do with the quality of work. I think it has to do, I think that it has some to do with, like, what you value and what you're obsessed with. And so I think, I think that it's very, diff- like, getting rich is a, mostly a matter of luck. But there is another ingredient in getting rich, which is caring whether or not you get rich. Like, yeah. wanting to get rich plus luck is what you need to get rich those are the only two things that matter yeah yeah
1: wanting to get rich is is necessary but not sufficient um yeah yeah but it is necessary it,
0: it, it does occasionally very occasionally happen to people who didn't want to get rich it very rarely it will occur but it is hard to get rich if you don't want it pretty bad yeah uh and, and, and I, but but possible i've watched it happen and it's very strange and then the people are very like i'm confused i guess i'll just keep but yeah i've I've always valued money and um and so that like that is part of it and i like i have no shame about that i i well i do have shame about it but i am not going to hide it
1: yeah and 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 for me i when i like when you just casually drop off that like oh i just finished a novel and I see like the eight other things that you're doing and the events that you're doing and all the stuff. I think like, oh my gosh, like, but I just finished watching the second season of um, <laughs> Catastrophe. It was so good. Um, but, and, and I realized that the reason that I'm not producing anything is because there comes a moment in each day when my wife looks at me and says, hey, you know, are you done? Sort of like, can we eat dinner and, and do something? And I always tell myself tomorrow I will work harder, but I don't work. Well, I don't work. I don't work hard enough to to to, to oh, do the man. to do
0: to do those things. Do those things because I disagree with you. I disagree with you. I I think so. So it's not a it's not about working hard. It's about what you you're trying. So so it's about what you think a good idea is, and there's always so is it the like. So a good idea is i think different to every person. And I think like to me a good idea is something that is achievable with the tools that I have right now that can be monetarily self-sustaining and that hopefully is also good for the world. But like for me like those first two things are like what a good idea is. And then I'm lucky enough to be in a situation where I have enough tools and enough money That I can mostly go after the ideas that are also good for the world because I have, I have a, like, if I just did all the ideas that I thought could be self sustaining and that I had the tools to do, then I would be doing more stuff, but, and, and I would be less happy. So my current capacity, like, is for just the things that also have this additional thing of, like, I think that it's positive, gonna have a positive impact on people.
1: And that's the weird thing, like, the good for the world thing. I realized that. I wonder what you think when you say that phrase good for the world, because I only ever think in terms of specific human beings that are that have sent me emails or that (laughs) that I have to go visit or that are college students that have come into my like it's all individuals. It's all like this little old lady I happen to know in Dubuque, Iowa, who I met there twenty years ago and and if I write to her or call her, it'll make a huge impact in her life. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. like, I'm, I, I think I'm always trying to pump out positive messages, but even like my podcast messages, like this podcast, I, the, the audience is small enough that like, I know most of them or <laughs> I feel like, or I feel like I know most of them. They, 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 and, and so I think that people probably hear that in my voice. Like I'm talking to my, you know, my Sister in law Mary, and this guy I know in Detroit who's having a really hard time because his wife still believes in God and he doesn't know how to stay close to her. And like, I'm just talking to all these people, but the world, I, I have no concept, you know, I have no concept of like what's positive for the world. I just know what's positive for this handful of relationships. And that really motivates me, but I think it keeps me of make, from making anything of kind of that, that, could, that could go viral. Because everything I do is too personal. And and whereas I think you're, what's your idea of when you say good for the world, like who's the world that you're trying to be good for?
0: Yeah. First, I want to say that I think the vast majority of good that is done in the world is done in that exact way. That really the good that gets done is person to person, human to human relationship thing. Where... You know, I help you get to the airport, or uh, you know, you're having a hard t- like anywhere from like you need a a ride to the airport to like your son has medical bills that you cannot pay and is going to die like like or or your son has died and like I'm there for you to help yep. in whatever way like that's the vast majority of good that gets done in the world right and so all all of these people like you know me or whoever else you're looking at. people who have a much smaller impact on a much larger number of people. And that's really appealing to me because for ego reasons and also because it's easier to monetize and also because I can. And I, and I do think that it's, and I do think that if you, if you can have a positive impact on a lot of people at the same time, then like at like a hundred percent, like yes. And I, I'm so like i get so energized by the fact that that's possible for me um but there are also times where i absolutely say no to something that i think bart campolo could never say no to because i'm just like no i can't i can't i can't i can't uh do the high school graduation speech at my at the high school in my town i can't go see you know go to the the you know teacher who does special ed in my school who and their students loves my videos so much i can't go see them i can't i just like that one-on-one small-scale stuff i just that's I, my
1: whole schedule that's 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 my whole week is that not, yeah. is, is that stuff
0: yeah so i and, and like i say no to those things and i didn't and, and for a long time i said yes to them uh but but what would happen is every time i do one i would leave having said yes to another yeah. Or at yeah. least or at least one other, because like when you're in the room and they're at and they're like, hey, can you do this other thing? You're like, oh, of course I can do that. That's wonderful. I'd love to. And, but so like I have had to start saying no to absolutely everything, because I know that if I say yes to one thing, it will be yes to five things by the end of the month. And I feel really bad.
1: Wait, you see, here's like, it feels terrible. But you see, here's what's funny is you feel bad about saying no to all those things. I feel guilty about having said yes to them. I look at my schedule at the end of the week and I think another week gone, Bart, where you didn't do anything of enduring value, where you didn't do
0: anything. Oh God, that's terrible. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. No, where you didn't. All of those things are of enduring value. Jesus Lord. Oh no, no, no. Oh my God. No, they, they
1: are like, don't get me wrong. Like I know, (laughs) I know that they each, each crystal thing is of enduring value. But I look at my wife and I realize like, um, she's going to have to keep working at that job to support me because Mm -hmm. I didn't do anything that can make any money. And, and, or also I think about a thousand people somewhere that might've been helped by this message of making the most of your life by, by, by making meaning by developing relationships, like the stuff that I pump out there. And I think like, there are thousands of people that will never hear that message because I had lunch with this guy who I had lunch with basically because he asked, you know, and not mm-hmm. because it wasn't strategic. It wasn't, it was just like <laughs> he wanted my time and I couldn't say no to him. And so, you know, that, and boy, when I do say no to somebody, I get these, they write me these letters going like, I thought you were a different kind of person. You know, you, you, you've commun- like, I really, I mean, it's, people don't mm-hmm. let me off the hook easily. Because I, 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 and so I think that, and I guess maybe there's a message in here. Like I'm thinking like, if you're listening to this conversation, if you're overhearing us, like, what do you go? Like, whatever you do, feel bad. Um, (laughs) But I think it's the other way around. I think that there need to be some people in the world who don't succeed on a large level because they're busy having lunch with people that need that, like ask them and I think that there are other people that need to not have lunch with people that ask them so that they can put out messages about science or messages about goodness in a way that will reach lots and lots of people and I mean I know it's more lucrative to do the latter than the former <laughs> but but I think that that's a side note because you know my guess is that even if I said no to everybody and tried to be a bigger deal I I suspect there's something sort of fun. Like I suspect that there's some sort of instinctual thing that says, look, you can be really good on this, on this one-on-one level, but you might not be as good. And I think maybe there's something instinctual about you that goes, maybe you're doing the most good you can do by keeping it by broadcasting, you know, instead Mm -hmm. of, instead of, I don't know. I, I, but, but I, I get, when I came when when you reached out to me the first time and I, you know, and again, like I spend no time on the internet. So I, I, you know, I was completely on, I'm, you know, I'm unaware of everybody, but when I then honed in and thought like, okay, who is this person? I was just so thrilled that you were pumping out that kind of content because even the stuff that is just for fun, it's not mean. (laughs) It's possible. And there's a lot of stuff out there that Derives its fun from being mean to somebody, yeah. and so like I, I, I mean I, I don't know I, I'm not trying to blow smoke in your ear, but like I'm going like I think what you're doing is important, even though it makes you money.
0: Yeah, well, I mean I, I do I do too. Um, so thank you, but it's it's very nice to hear that from someone. Yeah. Um, but I also don't think like I listen. The the first thing I found of yours it was it was my you know. Uh, it was the thing where you were talking like sort of post election and I was about to have a child and or I had just had a child and I was just so despondent. It was a terrible moment. Yeah. And uh and I was looking and, and all I was seeing was like hot takes about what went wrong or um why whoever is did a terrible job or um why america made this terrible decision and then i listened to what you had to say and i was like thank you someone for for responding to this in a way that isn't about anger um and is about like understanding and compassion but without Without necessarily forgiveness, because I think that people get those things confused—that they think compassion is forgiveness, and that understanding is forgiveness. Um, And it's like, oh, I understand why you did that, and thus it's okay. No, I can understand why you did a thing, and also say like, like you are a damn fool. Yeah, or uh, or that forgiveness,
1: or that forgiveness is absolution, which it is not. Right. I forgive you, but what you did was wrong.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yes, this is also a very important point um and, uh which i for, for to be clear i do not forgive yet uh americans who have made this choice Um uh, but i but i think it is very important to understand them like i think that without trying to understand a problem like that's the that like what how are you going to solve a problem you don't understand like you just you're just throwing stuff at the wall at that point and uh and you know when it's all of us throwing stuff at the wall then it's all going to cancel it, each other out um so I uh, yeah, I needed to hear that, and I was like, "Who is this guy?" and then I looked you up, and I was like, "Oh, this has been and, and you have you i mean, I have a lot of affinity for a lot of what religion does, and I often feel like like in the in the secular world, even in the science world, we suffer from a lack of a lot of what religion provides, and you know, and that is like outlined by the fact that you know, conservatives give more money to charity than liberals. And I, I'm like, that is a that is a frustrating statistic for me. We, like, I feel like we are the compassionate branch of, uh, of U.S. politics and we should be, like, why, why on earth would we give more? And it's because we don't have organized institutions that tell us how to give. You know, and we're supposed to, like, all make those decisions separately and on our own and quietly and uh, instead of being like, here is the plate that you put money in once a week. And, and, that's, and the, I, that,
1: that's exactly right. And the funny thing is, is that people know better than that about every other part of their life. They know that if they want to quit drinking, they can't just mm-hmm. sit in alone in a room and do that. They're going to have to get with a group. If they want to get in shape, they got to join a gym and be part of a group. They, they understand that like none of us are very good at living up to our most cherished values. That we need to sort of surround <laughs> ourselves with people That's so that, true. that reinforce those yeah. values and underline them, and so so that you know when I start to let down, you go like, "Hey, I thought you, I thought we said we were gonna, you know, eat healthy this month," and you're, "Oh yeah, damn it," and you know, and and that, that <laughs> which is why smokers who are part of families that are smoking almost never can give up smoking, or mm-hmm. you know that that there's a sense in which we are we are tribal, we are incredibly influenced by the people around us. And so you would think that a bunch of smart scientific people resolving that they wanted to live lives of moral depth and 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 joy and 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 excitement for goodness would go like, well damn it, if I want to live by those values, i better find a group of people and institutionalize it. And they mm-hmm. just and, and we just don't. And so that We and can't.
0: That, it's it's because, because I feel like one of the values is individualism one of the values is every person is supposed to make their own choices and every person is their own King, you know, is their own Pope. And, but here's the funny th- and, and like that value is yes. so deeply ingrained in our society that it's like, and it, and, I, a- and I, like I, individualism is great and it has lots of advantages. And I think that it's done lots of good things for, uh, for our, you know, for our whole world and our culture and individual people. But, there's like it also has drawbacks, and this feeling that we all have to figure it out on our own is a huge one because man, is that hard?
1: Well, you know, it's funny because I, I was thinking of Sarin Kierkegaard, um, the Danish existentialist. Of course, philosopher. of course, you were, and uh, yes, of course, I was. And, and Kierkegaard <sighs> once said that it is only in the context of the group that an individual can emerge, that my my individuality is only expressed and understood and and, and when when it's set against everybody else's. So so in a sense, I find Mm -hmm. myself in relationship with everybody else. And so the idea that, well, I don't want to join a group because I want to Mm -hmm. do my own thing. I'm like, you know, here's the funny thing is you won't be able to do your own thing unless you're part of the group. I, I'm thinking, you know, in, in the sense, it's, I have a friend who's a cook. And one time he said to me, he said, the one thing I've learned, Bart, is that if you want, if you, if you want to cook, don't own your own restaurant. Because if you <laughs> own your own restaurant, you'll yeah. never cook. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that, that you're too busy paying bills and, 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 and ordering linens. And, and I think it's that same way to an individual. I go like, oh, you want to be an individual? Join a group. Because unless you join a group, You'll spend all your time doing things that you're not that good at. You need to be a part of a group where somebody else is good at that, and that, and that, and they just want you to do this thing that you're amazing at.
0: Yeah, but Bart, what if we disagree on some fun, like some very small topic that we can't, we can't resolve? Then it all, then like, how can I trust these people to be part of my group? Uh, I've seen, I, I get, I get that feeling sometimes where I'm like, I'm working with people, and I'm like, but. That thing that you think isn't right. And I kind of like, I kind of don't want to do a show with you because you're wrong about that thing. And that's even more common when I'm working with people who are different from me, uh, who like have had different upbringings or are, you know, not white dudes. Uh, Like I find that more frequently do I find like little tiny things that I'm like, "Mm, I'm not so sure about that. I don't really like that perspective, and thus I'm kind of maybe not going to want to work with you.
1: And it's I'm so and then I,
0: when I hit then when I hit myself in the face because I'm such a stubborn and terrible person.
1: You know, it's so interesting because I think that there's a certain kind of smart, science-oriented white guy—not to put too fine a point on it—but
0: <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, I know, I get it. That
1: cares too much about truth, like that—that mm-hmm. that being right is too big a value compared mm-hmm. to being kind or being mm-hmm. together or be, or, or mm-hmm. like that, 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 that truth is more important than value. And so that they're mm-hmm. willing to sacrifice value for truth. and And, and I love ideas and I love arguing about ideas, but I have to tell you that ultimately the most, the thing I value even more than truth, and anyone who's been around me and watched me lie will t- will tell you this, is that I value love and loving relationships. And so in some sense, I would rather sacrifice being on the same page with you in terms of facts or perspectives. Mm-hmm. If, if we can stay, if now, now there's a limit to that. There's a limit to that. But it's just like, sometimes I see these white science guys and I'm like, wow, being right is more important to you than being together mm-hmm.
0: and, and than from being than being kind. Yeah. And I think that ki- kindness is a really, and I like, I, I have come to the, the conclusion that this, this is the example that I'm, I hit myself with over and over again. I have lots of friends who are super into astrology because I live in a pretty hippie town and I know that astrology is super fake. <laughs> and when my friends talk about their astrology readings, I am like, i need to find a way to uh, to listen to this conversation in a way that even when i'm being quiet they can tell i'm judging them and they can and they can tell that i am imagining them in unkind ways and so i like i have to find ways to understand or i like do so there's two things i could do understand astrology in a way that allows me to just appreciate it for what it's doing for that person and, the, and then appreciate it for that reason or two. Just gi- just give in and be like, it's okay. This isn't real. Just like go with it and like fl- and like be like, this person is into this thing, and tell me about what Mars was doing in Virgo, and let's party about it. And, yeah, you,
1: you kind of and- have to find a find a, a a bemusement where you go like, wow, I cannot believe that is compelling to you, like. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that,
0: i mean yes but, that is but, how i feel but uh, you know i, I cannot believe that's the con- way of, uh,
1: but but yeah. but like since it is you gotta tell me more about that like i right I, like to explain that to me but i think the thing is like i don't get angry anymore when people no, yeah, believe in Mad about it no but 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 the thing is like th- but i also don't I, I i'm i don't get contemptuous anymore because if there's one thing it's funny like The the whole phrase the free thinkers movement I always laugh about free thinking because I'm like if there's anything that science has taught me it's that there's no such thing as a free thought like we're full of cognitive biases and heuristics like 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 why did I believe in God growing up like that wasn't a choice you know like and so (laughs) so so uh, you know when I see somebody who's believing in astrology you sort of go like wow I do not understand that like you like but there must be something that brings you to that place like why is that so appealing to you and and to recognize that it is appealing to them for some reason
0: um well i I mean i I think i get why it's appealing like it's it's an opportunity to talk to somebody about like what you should do it's it's just like it's basically therapy just unlicensed um which is fine and like i think astrologers no it's it's not it's
1: not it's worse than that and the only reason you're saying that is because you're (laughs) The only reason you're saying that is because you're Sagittarius, and you all think that way.
0: Um, (laughs) Well, no, it's it's not. Like it can be
1: really bad. Like like people are locked into like original sin for Christianity. Like it's a horrible doctrine. It's there are bad ideas. It's it's a bad bad idea. And so like, but the fact that a person has adopted a bad idea doesn't make them a bad person. And and. Now, now, don't get me wrong, I can't be close to somebody who is really wrong about things that are really important to me. Like, I can mm-hmm. be loving to them, and I can be kind to them, and I can even be respectful and listen to them, but there comes a point at which intimacy, friendship intimacy, closeness, that, that's reserved for people who on, who, who on some level share, share some really basic elements of the worldview. And that's why I don't think you can have like these Unitarian Universalist churches. I think there's only so close that a bunch of people with different worldviews can get to each other. And that's Uh why I think secular people need to create communities. But when you say like, yeah, but I, but what happens when you disagree? I'm like, there has to be a range of things at the center where you go, these are the things that we really do agree on and that you kind of can't be part of this intimate circle if you don't agree on. Um, Yeah. But then there has to be, you know, like uh, there has to be some wiggle room out there where you could just go like, wow, it is so fascinating that you like that. I, 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 you know, tell me more, but but I'm convinced that the most important aspect for this community building that secular people don't grasp is, is they I think that they are afraid that that by joining a group of people, some of whom don't agree with them that they will have to give up their belief or give up their, their truth. And I just haven't found that to be the case. Like in, I, I don't, I, I don't think those people have enough experience at, at, at being part of a community to understand that, like lots of communities have lots of people that don't agree on lots of things, but they, what they do agree on is this thing in the center that defines the community. And I think loving, mm-hmm. you know, I, I you know, with all due respect, I think loving relationships and trying to make the world better for other people and cultivating a sense of gratitude for life, like, if, even if it's just those three things, like, that's enough to build a community around.
0: Except that we really just love to argue now. I mean, I, like, I've watched the internet start a culture war over basically straw men. And just like, just Im- imagining that the that other people are saying things that they aren't even saying, yeah, some of them are, but it's you know it's a tiny minority. It could be like could be like a hundred and fifty people, that have like built a culture war because we are so bad. We are so not built to communicate this way. And uh, and so when I like, so I think there are legitimate interesting thing like discussions that need to be had around social justice and how we make the world a more fair and equitable place and they're not going to be had we, on the
1: and those those discussions well, are not well, yeah, I, they're not going to yeah, happen on we, the internet they're not going to happen on what the. what
0: we had instead was was like a reaction that basically got us donald trump as a president like there are there are young people who were so convinced by this, uh, this backlash against social justice, that they became like I thought like it was this it was this sad, super sad moment, as not a moment, but but for over the last few years as I've watched this happen, where I've I have seen like I thought what was gonna happen was that the you know, that the people with these stodgy worldviews were just all gonna die and then we would have a new progressive world and watching young people get swayed over into um you know uh i don't know like the the defense of the status quo and of and of whiteness and of maleness um it, it has been so sad you thought you thought they, you really thought they did... would
1: die out you thought they would die out and you didn't realize like that the internet had the ability well, to be... spawn new ones to spawn yeah, young well, that, spawn young that, idiots
0: that not just the yeah not just the internet but in general because like my experience with young people like we are liberal we are progressive and that's and and then like this whatever this backlash wave thing was like yes there, that there will continue to be People who are fighting for the status quo and feel as if they are being attacked uh, by fairness. Um, And of course, I'm I'm straw manning myself right now. But uh, but what if I what if if, if I told you,
1: do you remember? Do you remember? I don't know if you ever read Marshall McLuhan or heard of him. Um, He was big in the 70s. Woody Allen has a very funny scene in a movie where a guy is arguing about a movie and, and, and he goes and pulls Marshall McLuhan out. The, guy, guys, the guy's doing film criticism in line waiting for a movie and Woody Allen, he's irritating the hell out of Woody Allen. And he goes and he grabs Marshall McLuhan and he brings him out and talks to him. But like, at, at the time, he was a hugely <laughs> famous intellectual who nobody remembers now. But he wrote a book called Understanding Media. And the big line from the, mo- from the book was, the medium is the message. Sure. That, yeah. that what's more important than what you're watching or listening to or, or, or participating in, it's, it's the medium itself. And that some ideas, like that's why football took over, because football was a game for television. It's a perfect mm-hmm. game for television. Um, and, and baseball was a perfect game for radio. And so when the medium changed, mm-hmm. well, what I would contend is, is that the kind of connections that nourish human souls are not like the medium of the internet is perfect for turning people into angry, divisive, like the the internet delivers you Donald Trump. It it, it creates a context where a certain kind of conversation really does well. And another kind of conversation dies on the vine. And the kind Mm -hmm. of conversation that the internet facilitates is the one that will lead to a polarized country with Donald Trump as its president, and so you say, "Well, what's the answer? Are you like blow up the internet?" And I don't think you can. But I think what you
0: <laughs> also don't, please.
1: No, no, you'd be out of business. Um, but I think that the, the question is to understand the implications of that medium and of the tele- uh, you know, of your of your cell phones and all that stuff, and to understand that if you want to have a different kind of conversation. You're going to have to start using the internet as, as a tool to get you into a room with a hundred other people that are really there. Because you'll talk to them differently if they're in front of your face. And you'll, you'll, you'll argue differently if you see the way your words crush their spirit. And so that there's this sense in which, as human beings, the internet, we've taken a tool that was sort of meant to like get us together... And we've used it as the get together. We like, we're like, it's almost like where you, the the wedding invitation becomes like Mm -hmm. the whole wedding. And you go like, no, 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 this was just, I'm sending you this to get you to the real party. And the real party is when we're together in a room together. And, 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 and so what I'm convinced of is, is that the internet is going to crash us. And, and this, this way of consuming food and, and, and money and air travel and all this stuff. Like, it's all unsustainable, but on the other side of it, I don't think all those things will go away. I think that people will realize that they have to be used more judiciously in the service of human relationships because as human beings, that is what we are actually wired for. And so, I, I, I mean, I'm just convinced that the internet isn't, isn't a bad thing. I just think it's, it's people thought it was everything and they didn't realize <laughs> That you, there's a certain kind of con- the most important kinds of conversations that need to happen for our tribe cannot happen on the internet.
0: So I, my counter argument is that right now we are experiencing the internet as it exists right now, and and in in a very in a very real way, it's saying that the internet is a medium is almost like saying you know, radio waves are a medium. You can broadcast TV over radio waves. You can broadcast radio over radio waves. You can broadcast a cell phone conversation over radio waves. I think that the internet is a lot of different medium, media. So like Facebook is different from Twitter, it's different from Tumblr, it's different from Vine, it's different from YouTube. I think that you, I think it is, and and then even like you look at something like Reddit and you you find places that are 100% This is like the worst example of how the internet works. It's all, you know, people who are all exactly the same as each other, holding up examples of how evil the people who disagree with them are. But another place on Reddit, another subreddit could have a small community of people who like I'm I'm, like, I spend time on the subreddit for people who have ulcerative colitis because I have ulcerative colitis. And it's just a supportive group of people who are like, we have this disease and uh when somebody is going to the hospital to get surgery everywhere like you know good luck man and when somebody uh you know gets their first day where they're uh you know not pooping out of a hole in their stomach anymore like you know success everything is great and and that that exists for you know for people who love a certain video game it exists for people who um you know have had certain life experiences and those like the internet is very, like can be really good at creating small communities that could never have found a place in the real world because there just aren't enough of them. Like they're, they're they yeah, no, no. are like, yeah. And so like, there are all of these different media that are on the internet and it, it can even be to the point of like different, different communities using this thing differently. It's, it's so. And,
1: and, and that's what I'm trying to, yeah. I think we're saying the same thing in the sense of what I'm saying is, yeah. is, is that, There are certain kinds of conversations that can only happen on the internet. You have a disease that only a thousand people in the world have. The only community that you'll ever find will be on the internet. There's not enough of those people in Montana for you to ever Mm -hmm. get. So, so I go like, that's beautiful. You can have that kind of conversation only on the internet. But, but what's, what's happened is, is that people are living an increasing amount of their lives on the internet, on their phones they're actually at a party and they're on their phone checking things elsewhere and what i'm saying is is that i think that they've taken this tool that is good for something and they've tried to they've tried to make it replace everything and 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 you know my counter argument is look at the world around you and mm-hmm. and look at like in a sense, if somebody says to me, well, it's we, we, it, it remains to be seen, I say, well, when your house is half burned down, you can go like, I don't know if this fire is a good thing or a bad thing. Like, it remains to be seen. I go like, well, you know, based on what I'm seeing here, I think, you know, I think <laughs> I know that it's not a good thing. And and, and what I would say is, or, or what I want to ask you, because you know this medium better than I do, is don't you come to a place, like, even when you connect with the your fans, Which is a community, if you will, all by itself. And sometimes you get those fans together in person. And Mm so don't you find that although it is powerful and amazing, it is also limited? I mean, can't you see the limits to what you can do and can't do with the internet in terms of changing another person's life for the better?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that when we we do things in the real world, it is... People are often surprised by how much more it matters when they, you know, meet the people who they have been talking to in comments or, um, you know, and and we try to provide some, you know, some opportunities for that to happen. Uh, It's, again, not again, but like it's, it can be, it's hard and it's, you know, like because of the constraints of the real world, like it has to happen in a physical place and it has to cost money and um and i would love to figure out ways to make it cost less money and i think like uh preachers have been very good at that figuring out ways to do real world gatherings on the cheap just throw up a tent in a parking lot kind of thing uh not that i necessarily want to live that life but um i i do look to those places for models um but yeah, it definitely it definitely has constraints. And, and I do worry, especially because I think some people have had so much time to have social experiences on the Internet that are very cultivated, that are careful, that aren't super stressful because they can disengage immediately if they want to. And that if oftentimes are even really sort of, you know, you can easily get. Uh, drawn into sort of a, you know, a dopamine spiral where it's like, I just want to like see the cute puppy or whatever it is that gets you going. And, uh, and that there's not that same, you're not necessarily going to get that same experience in the real world. And also it's going to be more stressful. Like it's probably, it might freak you out. And, and, that, that,
1: and that brings me around to the, where this conversation started out. Coming back from Amsterdam, coming off the wedding and sort of going like, in some ways... The thing that human beings are going to have to learn and teach each other and teach their children is how to, how to come down or, or how to resist that little dose of do- dopamine, how to defer gratification, how, how to have a phone and not pull it out or how, yeah. to, how to program your phone so that it can only be used in a way that, that, that you can handle. It's like alcohol, where there are, the problem isn't alcohol itself. The problem is that some people don't have enough restraint or are susceptible to alcohol in certain ways. And, and the key is not to eliminate alcohol from the world. The key is to give people tools to cope with it. Born mm-hmm. you, I'm born you that bad, aren't
0: I? I have a six-month-old child. Oh, oh, there's lots of reasons I might yeah. not. <laughs> um
1: and so so for me, that's that's one of the things where I think the future of humanizing people and of of helping young people grow into happy, flourishing people is somehow not throwing the whole thing away.
0: Yeah. Because it is so valuable because it's so like, there's valuable. so many opportunities to have, to connect with people who are outside of your sphere. And like never before has there been a chance where like, you know, two people across the world can have an instantaneous conversation and both see each other's faces. And, and that that technology is available even to people who have, you know, n- not very much. Yeah, like the, it's all these things. Like we need them so much.
1: and And, and yet. They're, they're such amazing and wonderful tools. And yet the sum total is, is that people are less empathetic than they were 20 years ago. And more people are anxious and sad and depressed and discouraged. And, and when people go on Facebook to connect with their friends, they end up feeling more disconnected than they've ever felt. And so all of these things are not indictments of Facebook. They're not indictments of the internet. They are flags going up saying, hey, friends. We've got to really get like we got to really science this thing. You know, like it's like in that movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Mars thing, where like I'm going to science the hell out of this thing. We have to science the hell out of this thing and sort of go. If our value mm-hmm. is human flourishing, rather than maximizing profits for the for for, for a corporation, if our value is human flourishing, we've got to come up with a whole new way of teaching young people to handle this substance, this this tool, this technology that could make their lives a lot better, but could also crash them and is crashing so many of them. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, when, when, when you see the way it affects their sexuality, their friendships, their sense of personal identity, and their politics, my God. Like, you just go, we have got to teach these people how... Like it's like we've given every little child a like a, a Boeing seven sixty seven in flight and sort of gone like <laughs> figure it out and we've got to start teaching people how to how to use this stuff and and that's where I, I I guess that's why when you reached out to me and this is like this isn't a podcast conversation this is just like you and me talking right at this moment I'm like the reason I was excited is is because I feel like you have access to, to the tool. Like, you know how to use the tool. And you sort of, I, I felt like you were reaching out to me saying like, hey, we know, we know there's something like wrong with the way people <laughs> u- with the way people use these tools. And like, could you, like, you want to have a conversation about how we can make these tools, not how we can throw them away, but how we can make them actually help individual human beings flourish. And I guess like, I feel like that's still the conversation I want to have. Because mm-hmm. I, I know better than to think this stuff is going to go away. But I also know that like at this wedding I'm at, my, my, my son and daughter, that some of their friends are there and they're sucking up to all these friends of mine who are so relationally gifted and they're going like, mm-hmm. we don't know what it is about you people, but like we want more of this. And like, this, this is the best party we've ever been to. And, and it's sort of like, yeah, there's this thing that you don't know and we've got to figure out a way to help them both and rather than either Mm -hmm. or rather than either or. And that's where I feel like you and I are sort of the yin and yang of that both. And
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I have definitely been discouraged and I and, and like I think that we were so optimistic about what the internet was going to bring us. And it did, it has brought us great things. Like Wikipedia is amazing and is the such a tremendously useful resource that no one had access to. Yeah. And that it was created entirely by just volunteer human beings. And there are many examples of things like that. None is large and and dramatic, but um whether that's whether that's collections of human knowledge or collections of human community, but man, uh, it's fu- it's funny. It, it, it's almost like it all went to hell when it got a little more diverse. Like when pe- when people got access to the internet, who maybe and and also like who didn't who didn't have the tools? to understand how it worked and they got put on the internet and then they were like, "Oh my god, I didn't know about all these things that were happening." And it's like, "Oh no, those are just inflammatory clickbait stories." You don't know about those? Oh, those are those are BS. Those aren't real. And they're like, "But they don't they don't know." It's almost it's like it's like you it's like giving uh it's like giving heroin to a a group of people who have never heard of heroin. And they're like, "Oh, this is really fun. I like this." And you're like, "Oh god, don't do the heroin." Care- careful with that like that's not that's well, not it, just it, that's
1: it's exactly what happened with lsd lsd is this amazing all these psychedelics were doing amazing therapeutic things for people and then they got out and people were like here mm-hmm. just everybody lsd is great like and and people and 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 all of a sudden then for 30 years people were like no lsd it's evil because yeah. un unrestrained it was a nightmare yeah you know, but it, but like if you talk to people that are using it responsibly now and that are experimenting with it, it's the most promising kind of stuff that's happening right now out there in the world mm-hmm. of sort of medicine and, 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 and overcoming trauma. But you, it, the, the internet and LSD are very similar in that you just can't throw them out there and say, it's really fun. Right. See what, see, take right. it out for a spin.
0: So, yeah. Um, so it's, it's yeah, but but also, I think that like, you know, it was it was such a happy, fun time when it was just all of the nerdy white guys. and we were like, everybody on the internet is wonderful. And it's like, well, it turns out that everybody on the internet is basically you. And that like it, and and uh, you know, also some nerdy women and also some people of color. But like there was an overwhelming demographic uh, focus to the internet for its first like fifteen years. Because it was nerds. Yeah. And it was, and everything was wonderful when it was just a bunch of nerds. Because they all and got along with each other. other. Who, yeah. the other people who had different worldviews, it was like, okay, everything's gone to hell. And I'm, and like, I'm going to just use this tool to shout. And, and, you know, and like, I get that because. Uh, I was one of those nerds and there were those glory days and YouTube was the same way where it used to be a lot of the same kinds of people doing a lot of the same kinds of things and we all just sort of agreed with each other because we all came from similar backgrounds and now it's very diverse and there's lots of people doing things that are terrible and people doing things that I'm like just completely uninterested in but who but I'm sure are lovely the like the uh, you know the I, but I would never, like, deny access to these tools to those people just because it made it more complicated. But we do have to find ways to coexist. It's, like, a weird, like, coexisting in this nation of people that is international and that has, like, opportunity for direct touch but mostly exists inside of these little bubbles. And so when the bubbles, like, brush up against each other, then there's suddenly these so ugly. giant sparks and flames and gasoline fires that occur.
1: So let me ask you a question. Um, let me ask you a question. I
0: don't, I don't know. I, yes, please don't be, please let the question not be, how do we fix it?
1: <laughs> no, here's my question is, okay. It, I, again, like, I don't think you fix it. I think you teach yourself how to, how to, to, like, you can't fix the ocean, but you can teach yourself how to be a better sailor. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess my question is, is there anything like, you live in that world. And on the one hand I go like, well, you're obviously not that great a sailor because like at the beginning of this conversation, you were totally bummed out. Um, (laughs) But, but I think in general, I feel like you do sail pretty well. And, and so I got a bunch of people out there and they're hearing me go all apocalyptic. The internet is dangerous. And you know, it's like, can you make, what do you know about sailing? Like, what have you learned in your years? And what have you learned by watching other people? uh, You know, about like how to filter out fake news or how to recognize bad tendencies or how, you know, what do you know that can help me be, make, make more of my life in the internet?
0: Um, I think a big one is that you get like, unlike the ocean when you're sailing on it, it doesn't matter how angry you are. Uh, the ocean is going to be the ocean, but if, but what you put into the internet comes back to you. And so if you put, rage and flames and and energy in in that way out into the internet it's going to come back to you in the same way and um, and if you are calm and respectful and thoughtful and you think about people complexly then that the majority of what comes back to you will be those kinds of things that's not all that will come back there will always be people who will you know, we just made a video on SciShow recently where we uh, used like, you know, language that recognized the existence of transgender people, and uh, and just us saying words those ways made people feel like they were being attacked by us because they have so become so convinced that um, that language policing is the downfall of Western civilization, whatever that is, and um, and. And so you you catch those things, and I think you catch them more if you're certain. Like if you are not a white dude, if you are a person of color, if you're a woman, you catch those things more than if you're, you know, the sort of default human uh, as far as our culture is concerned.
1: Um. So you catch more. But, you catch so, more pain. You catch more more unsolicited yeah, yeah. anger. Um.
0: Mm-hmm. But there, but there is definitely an amount of like, if you are making content that is like destructive and. Um, and you're like, whatever, everything, like people are, then you're going to, like, you're, that, you are going to have a gonna come back to
1: And that's going to come back to you.
0: <clears throat> and as, as far as like, you know, it's, it's interesting because I feel like I have a responsibility because I have a large audience. And so there will oftentimes be things I will see where I'm like, that looks like it might not be real. I'm going to check first, or I, you know or more recently it's been like if if i'm going to share this thing is it going to make my life better is it going to make the people who see it is it going to make their lives better is it going to is it going to energize them to do something productive and positive or is it just going to make them feel more angry and and more put more weight on their shoulders more helpless sometimes yeah 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 and so i've i have attempted to to think about that with every sort of piece of media I'm putting out there the and and I think that if everybody thought about it that way that would be fantastic because I think I think the internet would be a more productive place so if everybody sort of considered the impact that their words and their you know like it's almost like people I don't don't know their own power i think that this is a huge problem that we generally have in in america like we, we you you are unaware of how powerful you are as an american and how much impact you have on the world and on other people and like how, how important our vote is not just to us but to the rest of the world um and uh and, and i i think that it well i just i just a, re- a recognition of the amount of power that we have would would help a lot of people
1: i just realized something listening to you that i think because I I think that the things that you put out are, 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 are such good quality. And I realized like, Oh, wait a second. You're not doing it alone. Like you're having a, like before you put many of the things you put out there, don't go out there until you've had a conversation with your brother or with somebody else in your company. Like you're not Mm -hmm. just a guy in the basement putting out content. You're part of a team. And I wonder, If, if people in the real world, like just, if they called somebody on the phone and said, I'm thinking of posting this, what do you, (laughs) like, 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 let me show this to you. Like so much of the damage gets done because there's nobody saying, well, what are you trying to do with that? Like, what do you, how is that? Is that going to make anybody's life better? Like, what do you think will happen if you put that out there? Like, let's just, let's just, well, when I read that, you know, it kind of reads angry to me. Oh, oh! If yeah, if you change that word, it's okay. Like I think about all the editing that I do mm-hmm. when I'm putting together a talk, and my wife is there, and I'm like, I'm going to say this, and she goes, "Oh, listen! Don't you know what that image suggests?" And you know, mm-hmm. and I, isn't that what you do? Like you're not just putting stuff out there all by yourself, even though it's in your name.
0: Yeah, I was I was walking out of the gym yesterday, and I thought to myself. How long if I had been doing this on my own, how long would it have taken for for my YouTube channel to become a hundred percent like marxist propaganda, just like railing against the financial system and like the the stuff that really pisses me off in in modern society where like like the financialization and how we, how greed runs everything in America. Like how long would it have taken if John wasn't there to be my, like to, to, to temper you, to temper me. And also to like be that person. When I like write a script that I know is a little bit on the edge, be like, John, is this okay? Like, I'm sharing this with you. I don't want to do a thing with our thing that isn't all right with you. And (sighs) like, I think, I think I would have, devolved so far into into angry uh and like and like also you know in response and i think a lot of what it is is it's in response to people who come at you you're like oh i have to i have to you know to almost like i have to make it hotter because they're making it hot yeah yeah yeah. no and uh, this is this is
1: brilliant like like this may be this may be the most important thing that I'm getting from you, because like I'm thinking, <laughs> no, no, no. Listen to me, listen to me. Because like one of the things that is very known about me is I have a very recognizable personal brand. Like like w- w- people go like, oh, what would Bart do? They know what Bart would do. They what would Bart say? But they know. Mm-hmm. Like like I'm I'm just I'm a caricature of myself, and so, but like that's cultivated. And so what happens to me sometimes is like, and I actually did a podcast a few months ago where I, somebody wrote me an email and I was going to send them something that was mean. And one of my students mm-hmm. was like, dude, that's not your brand. That's not who you are.
0: <laughs> that's, that's off brand. Dude.
1: Don't send that. <laughs> and, and they were right. And I pulled it back and I didn't send it. I sent something different and I ended up in this wonderful, having this wonderful encounter with this person. To your point about what you put out there is what you'll get back. I put out, I put out warmth, and I got back warmth from somebody who, yeah. you know, was prone to dislike me. And and but what I realized was is she was protecting out my brand because she knows my brand and she cares mm-hmm. about my brand. And I wonder how many people we need to almost do a buddy system where we go like I'm still me on the internet and you're still you, but like I'm gonna run everything by you because you're you're here to protect my brand and 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 i'm here to protect yours because our brands are for sort of similar but like i think that if people had one other human being that they had to actually interact with before they broadcast stuff i think it would change everything
0: but you yeah you're imagining the internet in a way it doesn't work where like i wait more than 13 seconds before i tweet something like i don't run a tweet by john I, uh, but i do I, I will do that with scripts occasionally, but with a, with a tweet, I won't run it by John, but I do kind of think about what he might think. Well, and, 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 and he, and so like, and you know what he yeah. might think cause you've talked with him a lot about
1: your personal brand, right. your, your angle, right. so what think, you're trying to do. Yeah. So it doesn't having have to be some
0: kind of, yeah, it doesn't, not, not like every time, but having some person that you talk to regularly about this stuff is absolutely valid. And, and I, I think that might be part of why so many of the really not just popular, but also like not, um, you know, not like reactive things on the internet, like productive things instead of reactive things are teams, you know, small teams of people who trust each other, Yeah. usually two people.
1: Yeah. Like, And that's the thing. Like, I'm thinking like, if you just had a person that every week you got together and said like, now what are you trying to do with your social media? Like, like, what are you worried about in the world? What are the things you're trying to put out there? Let's review some of the stuff that you put out last week. Let's talk about how we could you know, cause you're going to use the same language again, two weeks from now, like, mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I, I think if people were talking to each other about their messaging in, in, in to a real human being, their messaging would get better almost within a week, within two yeah. weeks, their messaging would get better. And then they would be putting out better stuff and they would be getting back better
0: stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, putting together that kind of support group is very appealing to me. Uh, I feel like, hard in practice I, I i just you know i think i think some people do have that i'm thinking about a particular person right now who tweeted something this morning that i thought was he, he's been you know in the middle of a lot of controversy and uh and people think that his perspectives are not what his perspectives are mostly he's just trying to have a good time and have fun but also he's like trying to be a little bit irreverent and be a little bit like all of this stuff it's just like hullabaloo and none of it matters and people are trying to make big deals out of stuff that isn't big deals uh and and you know that kind of perspective which all oftentimes is a is like oh my god i was just trying to say something and you're attacking me for for using this word when it's not like i'm not trying to be offensive with the word and like what like stop trying to like make everything into an issue kind of perspective which Like, I I get it. It can be really frustrating, especially when you have a large audience and people are always coming at you. Um, But he tweeted something this morning that was clearly, like, meant to rile up his haters. But it also was kind of a gross thing that the people he disagrees with and that his haters think that he is would post. And so, like, he's, he's turning into the thing that his haters think he is. Because they, because, because he's just reacting to them, and he's so frustrated by them, and I'm, I'm projecting all of this because I don't even know him that well. But I'm just like, I'm like, dude, don't like, just take a step back, and not like, if you want to get up in their business, love what you do, have a good time doing it, have fun, and but also try to be a little bit better. And you know, I bet that was, was that
1: tweet proactive or reactive because i'll bet like he didn't need to send it out there it was apropos of nothing oh, right oh no. yeah
0: oh it was out of the, no absolutely it didn't no it absolutely did not need to be there and i i almost responded to him with like dude what the fuck like I, and I and what, so, and what so I, almost did public and publicly because that's what you do because you're always creating content as a content creator. And I'm saying like, well, like, I, like it's time for me to create some content and this is my content for the day. I'm going to get in an argument with a guy on the internet. And so instead so, I sent him, I just sent him a message. Oh, and I was like, what? I love like, you. I love you. Cause that's what like, I would
1: have done. I would have said like, don't send him something publicly, call him up and say, Hey man, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm rooting for you. I think you can be more effective if you do it this way. But my gosh, yeah. think about it. Like He didn't need to send that out. So if it, wouldn't it be great if that guy had a partner and, yeah. and, and they were yeah, talking and, and, and going like, and, what and, are you yeah. gonna do this? What do, you, what do you think it needs to be said this week? And he said, well, I think I really need to like f- give a big fuck you to everybody. And this is how I want to mm-hmm. do it. And his partner said, listen, man, I know what you're trying to do overall. That's just gonna take you off message. So like, how about this? And I I swear to you, I think that fifty percent of the bad mojo that's out there would be avoided if somebody had just somebody to talk to. In Mm -hmm. not each again, not each tweet. You're right. I'm not, but just somebody who they were regularly sort of saying, "You help me with my brand, I'll help you with your brand." And and this is not like people that are monetizing. This is just like my my aunt, you know, my aunt Mary. Like she has a brand too. her Facebook page is a brand and the way she responds to other people. And just to go like, Hey, tell me about your week on the internet this week. And let's talk Mm -hmm. about like, is that really who you want to be? And where did you get the biggest positives and where did you get the biggest negatives? And let's see how we can, how we can tweak these messages so that you're sending, because you know, every secular humanist has a responsibility to be putting out messages that, send, that help educate the rest of the world that goodness in a secular way is positive and is possible and fun and joyful. You know, like There are people that are trapped in crazy Christian prisons because they don't think there's any other way to be a good person. And so if a humanist hones their message in such a way so that they show somebody this, th- they could actually be liberating another human being into, into a better way of life. And so it's important, even if it's just you responding to your Aunt Sally's wedding pictures, it's important for you to just stop. And I don't think any of us have those conversations unless we're having them with another human being.
0: Right, and and so the only feedback we get is the numbers. And so what we see is what does well, what gets the most likes, what gets the most shares, and that that... Like sort of thoughtless uh, you know, I'm having this impact. People are liking what I'm doing, but it is disconnected from the reality of the impact it's having, or people are sharing it because like it like whether people are sharing it because they felt good or because they felt bad uh, is completely removed from the equation. And it is actually much easier to get people to sharing something because it made them feel bad. You know,
1: one of the big questions I ask the college students is at the end of this thing, like, how are you keeping score? You know, like, Uh and so for for you as an internet provider, like one way of keeping score is how much, how many views or how many, how much money comes in or how, but like on some level, like with, with these, with my podcast, at least one of the ways I keep score is I look at actual emails from somebody who says, I heard this podcast. And it made me do this. I mean, I had this experience a few, a few months ago where a guy wrote and he said, I heard you do this podcast about this life being the only one you have and making the most of it. And, he's, and, and about relationships. And he said, and I reached out to my sister who I hadn't talked to for 10 years. And we connected and we reconciled some stuff. We started talking. And then like last week, she dropped dead unexpectedly of a heart attack. Hmm. And he said, if I hadn't listened to you, I wouldn't have reconnected. And he said, I'm grieving my sister, but he said, he said, she died and we were we were connected when she died. And he said, it's it made that that podcast made a huge difference. And I sort of go like, okay, I, I don't know how many views it got or how many listens. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like if it got enough listens to get to that guy, like that's just a different way of keeping score. And I think that one of the things that people, especially with big, you have to balance out both those ways of keeping score. In a sense, like, if you don't have numbers, you can't keep putting out your messages. But if, uh-huh. if numbers are the only thing you're looking for, you're going to put out shit messages. And so you've got to balance out, like, I want, I want quantity so that I can keep doing this good work. But I want to I have stories or I want to I know how it's actually touching individual lives. Because otherwise, like, it's really just it's really just for the money. And that's not who I want to be. And, and, and again, like for the average person listening to this podcast, they're not talking about money, but, but it's the, it's still click. It's still like number of likes, number of listen. like people care about just being, they just care about, about the, about the impact that they're having out there. And somehow we've got to sort of train ourselves to go like, there's two kinds of impact and at different times they're, they're both important. But I mean, you must have, mm-hmm. I, I know that when you go out and do these on the road things, you're having actual people come up and tell you like, this is how this video changed mm-hmm. my perspective, or this is how this helped me to have a better relationship with this person because I figured this stuff out. And, you know, I, I like, I think like you, you got to weigh that in. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm, yeah, I'm, and I, 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 I think, I think the question, how are you keeping score is a question that, every person should be asking themselves right. because I think we all do it. And I think that the internet that successful internet platforms have in part become successful because they allow you to keep score in a very tangible way. And there is a psychological boost that we get when our score goes up. And that's actually pretty creepy. Yep, And that's, that, 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 that's, that's what's pushing. Yeah, us that's
1: and And here's the thing, like, I have a feeling, I don't know your brother, But I know you, I I sense you like your brother. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) Yeah, I like my brother.
1: And so here's the thing. What I think is there might be a decision that you have to make that would get you a thousand or 10,000 more hits. But if you say something, if you say, I'm thinking about doing this and your brother comes back and says like, I don't know, like, where's that going? Like, what about this? I think like his actual face-to-face approval is a different way of Mm -hmm. keeping score and it matters to you. Yeah. And so that's the thing. Like, I think if you have a human being who's who you respect and admire in your life talking to you about what you're doing online, you're way more likely to be able to resist the, the temptation of the numbers.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the thing that I would also say to people who run businesses, uh, watch out for anything that's going to change the way that you keep score, which is what, you know, it's what, you know a new client can do to you it's what an investor can do to you it's what you know a um a a tight situation can do and so if you uh and and if you lose track of the original reason why you're doing something whether that whether that's business or whether it's a relationship or whatever it is then like um and it, it stops feeling good and right and it starts feeling like you're doing it
1: yeah yeah
0: for the for the grosser reason yeah
1: well you know we we, we got to go back to life um but but mm-hmm. this idea of how do you keep score that we sort of end up with um and 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 how do you and, and again like coming back to the community thing of it, it's great to make a resolution of like this is what matters to me this is how i'm going to keep score but what i'm telling you is like none of us live up to our highest values unless we're surrounded by people that affirm those values and, and reinforce them and hold us to them when we are weak. This is good. Yeah. I, I mean, I appreciate this conversation a lot. And I, I, I mean, I especially appreciate <clears throat> that last part of it because I really do like- I'm, I'm, Yeah, that I'm, was really
0: interesting. I'm sort of obsessed
1: yeah. with how do it actually help people? Not just like, like, the internet's really dangerous and bad things are happening, but like, how do you give people tools mm-hmm. to move to move forward? And I I, I guess I, I feel like that, that's thinking about you and your brother, all of a sudden I was like, of course he puts out better stuff than most people <laughs> he's not alone you know yeah that helps call, so you if nothing else you should call your brother this, this morning and <laughs> say to him and you. say to him you know you're wonderful i love you and i'm glad you're my, i'm <laughs> glad you're my life you know or something
0: like that i should yeah i should i don't do that enough
1: all right so that was my conversation with hank green i hope you liked it you know most of you probably didn't make it this far Actually, if you're listening, you did make it this far, but most of the people that started that podcast probably didn't make it this far. But for those of you who did, you deserve a gold star. No, better still, you deserve a little excerpt of from Robert Ingersoll. So here you go. This is again from Ingersoll the Magnificent. And I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, Robert Ingersoll wrote in the 1890s. And so it was all about men, uh, even though he loved women, he just used masculine pronouns for everything. So I'm going to try to switch this up to make it a little more inclusive, but I think you'll get the idea. Here's Robert Ingersoll. I want you to go away with an eternal hatred in your breast of injustice, of aristocracy, of caste, of the idea that one person has more rights than another because he has better clothes, more land, more money, because she owns a railroad, or is famous, and in high position. Remember that all people have equal rights. Remember that the person who acts best his part, who loves her friends the best, is most willing to help others, truest in the discharge of obligation, who has the best heart, the most feeling, the deepest sympathies, and who freely gives others the rights that he claims for himself is the best person. I am willing to swear to this. Well, I am too, Robert. I am willing to swear to it. It's all about humanizing ourselves. That's why we're here. That's why I love you for hanging with me. I'd love to hear from you. Write to me at Um, But until, until we uh, connect again, stay wonderful.
0: For more information about the work of Bar Campolo, please visit barcampolo.org.